0: Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that doors are now open for our Signature Accelerator program. We are doing a major deal for this promo period where you get Critical Care Academy's CCRN review course absolutely for free as a bonus if you join us before May 4th. Our Signature program is special because it's a one-time investment for lifetime access there are no recurring fees. We want you to start this process early. So if you're in nursing school or if you are just starting the school search process, this is absolutely perfect for you. We walk you through picking schools, writing your resume, making sure you have all those boosters to make you stand out. We've got over 20 hours of video lessons along with an entire downloads vault of swipe files and templates and of course over 50 percent of the program is interview prep we have five on-demand mock interviews and then of course a huge part of this is every month we have office hours where you can bring your questions and get answers we have essay office hours with our expert developmental editor dr diane katie we have group mock interview practice labs ad hoc guest speakers like srnas and other faculty it really is a comprehensive program and once you are in you are in for life you can head to the crnaclub.com to check it out and again the ccrn review course as a bonus that ends on may 4th so if you are on the fence shoot me a dm at the crna club i am hanging out there but otherwise let's jump into today's episode hey guys another walk and talk episode my second one here and this is where I take you along on my walk, and maybe I'll do a drive and walk, a drive-in, drive-in talk too, because maybe that'll be a little quieter, but you'll hear chickens, cars, motorcycles, babies, all the things, and hopefully it's not too windy, but oh gosh, there's these two chickens in front of me. All right, they run off. Okay, so today, today's topic, that's something to do a bit with SRNAs, and a quality that I can have really come to appreciate and kind of notice in the ones that I really feel confident in working with. Okay. So I precept SRNAs where I work and I remember what it was like to be a student. I remember being anxious about who you were working with that day because that can kind of make your day great or make your day not so great. And I think that, you know, now in retrospect, I realize that everything that people were trying to teach me or show me, or I want you to do it this way came, came from a good place. And you know, a lot of the times when we tell you to do something, it's because we've gotten burned, and we want you to try it our way. You can decide if that is the way you want to keep doing things, or when you graduate, you'll adopt a different way, right? But typically, when somebody tells you to do something a certain way, it's probably because they got burned. But anyway, tangent here. So, in working with a lot of sRNAs, I realized that my confidence in them kind of comes down to one common theme and that is their ability that is their ability to effectively communicate their thought process and their thinking process behind their actions and behind their choices okay so and this applies to you in the ICU now when you are training or doing something the more you can communicate the rationale behind what you're doing, or even talk through the steps that you're taking, it helps show the person that you're working with your thought process. So let me give you an example. So the SRNAs I work with, you know, usually we meet in the morning about seven o'clock before we see the patient, and they let me know what our first case of the day is, and they kind of give me a rundown on the patient's history, their labs, kind of what anesthetic they suspect the surgeon might want, that's a general or a sedation, and then they let me know what they have prepared, if they have an LMA or an ET tube, and some drugs that they drew up. And it's, you know, there's a lot of considerations that go into picking an anesthetic and trying to figure out, you know, your plan. And yes, while generally there are specific types of anesthesia, that certain procedures warrant. There can be a lot of leeway in how you do certain things. So for example, you can do a general anesthetic in a couple of different ways. You can have a secure airway with a tube, you can have an LMA, you could do a general anesthetic with gas we'll keep the patient asleep that way. Or you can do a TIVA, a total IV anesthetic where, yeah, they have a secure airway in like an ET2, you're just running propofol the whole time. So there are a lot of different ways to do things, and there may not be a right or wrong answer, and you have the freedom to choose as an anesthesia provider. So one of the things that you know, as SRNAs are kind of giving me their rundown in the morning of is, oh, okay, well I saw that this patient had really severe postoperative nausea vomiting. So I wanted to do a Tiva. So I have a propofol drip ready. I also have a remifentanil drip ready. I also am considering giving them some Presidex, like because I think that they have, you know, sort of a difficult airway and I wanna wake them up at the end completely before I pull that breathing tube. And I think that the Presidex will help smooth out the emergence. I also have an LMA prepared as a backup, just in case X, Y, Z. So the SRNAs who over communicate and share with me their thought process are the ones that I just feel confident because it makes me realize that they're thinking three steps ahead. They're covering their bases and that can apply to you in the ICU and getting used to speaking and explaining what you're doing, even just talking through your interventions if you're precepting somebody or even if you're the one being precepted, that helps build confidence with the person that you're working with because remember they have no idea what you're thinking you could be doing all of the right things but if you are not communicating with that communicating they might be second guessing your thought process right and maybe you do something that they wouldn't have done and if you're not communicating you know why you're doing that they might just think why is he or she doing that like that's not that's that's not what i would do but if you tell them oh well actually i read that if you do it this way then it reduces the incidence of this so i wanted to try it and then they'd be like oh i've never heard that before so when you're in the icu i just want you to get used to talking about what you're doing to other to the docs you work with when you're in rounds you're working with your charge nurse just kind of get extra start exercising that muscle because it's really your thought process behind things that's that's what we are kind of trying to gauge in that interview okay so if your vent alarm vent alarm goes off what are you going to do we want to hear your step-by-step thought that process well first i'm going to go over this girl is talking real loud next to me. So your vet alarm goes off, right? What are you gonna do? Well, first I take a look at my patient and see if there's any over anything overtly wrong that I can see. Maybe there was a circuit disconnect or I can clearly see that the patient's coughing. Right? Then I am going to take a look at my oxygen saturation. I am going to do this XYZ, blah blah blah. And then I'm going to check this then I'm going to do this, right? That is kind of, you're you're explaining your thought process behind that. You know, you don't wanna say something like, well, my vent alarm is going off, I'd silence it, and then I'd call my charge nurse, or I'd ask my colleague to page the RT. No, you're the troubleshooter, right? We wanna know your thought process behind trying to be an investigator detective. So I just wanna encourage you to kind of practice that skill Now, explain your thought process behind things because it is a skill that you are going to continue to use. So, yep, that's it.